Well, good morning, church. It's a good day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Well, we're in week three of a series of messages we are calling Without Love, Love Without. And this series uh, is really an opportunity for us to take a look at our hearts. Because as people of God, we should be checking in on our hearts on a regular basis. It's important that we understand what is it that's uh, motivating our words, our actions, and our attitudes. Scripture says the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. So in other words, without Jesus, our hearts are sick. And we are the ones who choose how to care for our hearts. And so we bring them to Jesus and we ask him to reveal things in us that are not of him. And to help us uh, bring those things in line with his word and his ways. And so this series of messages, it really is an invitation for a heart check. So in week one, we took a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And this is Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. There's a lot of practical lessons for us uh, throughout this letter, but we zeroed in on something that really is a key component of how we walk out our faith. Paul basically says that in all that we do in life, in all that we uh, do for the cause of Christ, in all that we do for the church, in all that we do for the people that surround us, in everything that God has blessed us with and in how we let those blessings spill out of us, that in all of those things and more, if we do them without love, without that life-giving source of love that God placed in us, that Jesus modeled for us, that the Holy Spirit stirs up among us, without that, without love, we are nothing. We have nothing, we gain nothing. Love is everything, and when we do things in love, that is powerful, and it is gratitude in action, and that is life-changing. Yes? Without love, we're just making a bunch of noise, but when we are rooted and grounded in love, when love is a part of who we are and not just uh, how or why we do what we do, then we can express love in ways that make a difference, ways that bring life. So last week we talked about uh, one of those ways to express love, and that was how we can express love without words. So in 1 John chapter 3 it says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And John's not saying that we should not love with words or speech. Uh, the way that we speak, the words that we choose, the way that we choose to say those words, they should be in love. We should speak expressions of love because those are important as well. But what we say will be revealed as truth or as lies by our actions. It's in our actions that our love is revealed, and that's how we love without words. I challenge you to be intentional throughout the week and to find at least one person a day that you could show love to without words. And maybe it was an act of kindness or meeting a need or just carving out some time to spend with someone in some way, large or small, showing love without words. And then as Michelle mentioned, as a church, we're offering the opportunity to show love to our community as we support our local food pantry. So we are asking that you bring in canned goods and non-perishable food items to the church before or by February 26th so that we can get those to the food pantry that week. And this is just one simple way that we can love without words. And so today, I want to talk about how we can love without fear. Our text this morning is 1 John uh, chapter 4, verses 7 through 19. Scripture says this. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. 
Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we, love, that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit, and we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. So that's an awful lot about love, isn't it? Well, here's my first takeaway from this passage. We are saved by love, right? It was love that held Jesus to the cross where he willingly and wantingly gave his life to save our souls. So we are saved by love. And as people who have been loved with that kind of love, we must also love others with that kind of love. So this love was not a response from God based on our actions toward him. He was not responding in love. He was initiating love. John says God is love. He's not learning how to love from us. He's the creator of love. He's the embodiment of love, and we learn from him. We love because he first loved us. His love is without conditions. It does not change based on the way that we treat him. It is not dependent upon how we respond to his love. And the world, the way that they see God's love is through us in how we love one another. So a little bit about this passage. Bible scholars point out that John is writing the letter to a church that believed false doctrines and teachers. They're not being grounded uh, in scripture or in the teaching of Jesus. There was quite frankly a lot of nonsense being taught in the church that John is writing to. And it's likely that those who are reading this letter had never seen Jesus in the flesh. They'd only heard stories of him, second or third hand accounts of him but they never saw him for themselves. And uh, what was happening in their day is not unlike what is happening in our day, and that is this. People were relying on and placing value in their own personal spiritual knowledge above the teachings of Jesus and scripture. Their faith was more about believing a convincing story than discovering the truth about God by connecting with God. They were being fed a watered-down gospel, and those who taught it were more interested in promoting themselves than they were God. And so John is calling them out on this. He's telling them in the first part of chapter 4, if you look up a little bit, that they're listening to false teachers, and he's giving them a few tools to help them recognize these false teachings. He says they are from the world, and they speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. And so what do we know of the world we know that the world is a place where we're taught to look out for our own interests, to build up ourselves, to gain everything that we can, that we might store up things for ourselves and ultimately find a sense of happiness in the things that we've acquired. And that's not the way of God. And John's like, listen, the way of God is love. And he basically says that the greatest indicator to determine if someone knows God or not is seen in the way that they love. 
So don't miss this point. John could have chosen to give them a list of credentials to use to test the reliability of the prophets and teachers. Uh, that, by the way, is what the world does, right? How many degrees does the preacher have? How many hoops have they jumped through along the way? Do they have enough Facebook followers to be considered relevant, right? That's the way that the world does things. That's the viewpoint the world speaks. But John's like, nope. That's not the language that we speak. God speaks the language of love, and those who really know him, you will see it in the way that they love. We didn't learn love from the world. We love because he first loved us, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. God is love. This is love. God loved us. He sent Jesus to save us from our sins, to pay that debt in full, and because of his love, we love others, and without love, we are nothing, we have nothing, and we gain nothing. And so we rely and know on the love God has for us. This, John says, is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment, and the one who fears is not made perfect in love. So what does all of that mean? It means that one day we will face judgment. The day will come for all of us when we leave this world and we find ourselves at the throne of God. And that can be a very intimidating and fearful place to be. But God. But God has already made the way. Jesus has already secured the victory and we can face that day of judgment with confidence because of what Jesus did on the cross. Because in him we are made complete, not because of anything we have done, all because of what he did. And his love is perfect, and perfect love drives out fear. And so as we mature in our faith, his love working in us, moving through us, pushes away the fear of judgment because of his love. And we're not simply uh, supposed to sit with that confidence and do nothing uh, because of that confidence. We are to love others. We are to live in the reality of his love. We have nothing to fear. His love casts out fear because fear equals punishment. We love because he first loved us. Have I mentioned that before? Especially when we were unlovable. It's God who made our relationship with him even possible, yes? Like, we really had nothing to do with it. He initiated it, he knew we needed him, and he provided a way for us to know him. It's all about him, and it's not about our credentials, our good works, or our ability to do anything. It is all about him. He is love, and without him, we are nothing, we have nothing, and we gain nothing. But with him... We can love with confidence. We can let go of fear and we can live in love. And because of all of that, we can love without fear. So I tell you all of that to tell you this. As God's people, we should be living from a center of love. But so often we live from a center of fear. And mostly we fear things that the, that the world fears, right? Uh, because we look at things through the viewpoint of the world. 
We have opportunities all around us, all the time, to show love, to be people of love, to speak love, to build up one another in love, to love in big, over-the-top ways that don't even make sense to us, but we just know it's God prompting us to love that way. We have an endless amount of opportunities to be people of love, but so often when opportunities arise, we think the way the world thinks, and we say, well, what's in it for me? Like, I'm just not really feeling it. You know, like, it's going to take up a lot of my time to love like that. Uh, I'm probably going to have to go out of my way to love like that. It might cost me something to love like that. And so we harden our hearts a little, and we push back against those opportunities to be people of love. And instead, we choose our own comfort and our own timetable and our own preferences when it comes to love. And at the root of it is fear. And sometimes what that fear really comes down to is this. I'm afraid to extend myself to love someone else because I might not be loved like that in return. Not so much from the person who you're extending love to, but just like in general. I'm putting a lot of myself out there when I love like that. And my fear is that no one is going to ever love me like that. But you see, we have it backwards. <laughs> see, we look with the perspective of the world. Because the truth is that we already have been loved like that. That he loves us like that every day. And when we love, we love from a place of fullness and not a place of need. We don't extend love expecting a return on that investment. We extend love as a return on the investment that God has already extended to us. We love because he first loved us. We don't love others hoping we can earn his love. We already have it. We live in it. We can be centered in it. We can be filled to overflowing with it because it is all about him. We can love without fear in a world that teaches us to fear love. We can love without our love being dependent upon how someone else responds to that love. We can love regardless of how we are treated in return. We can love without conditions, but we cannot do it without God, because God is love, and without love, we are nothing, we have nothing, and we gain nothing. It's all about him, and because of him, we can love from a place of fullness and not a place of need. We've already been loved perfectly, and perfect love casts out fear. So here's a practical application to bring this all home. If we're going to be people of love, we have to deal with the fear that is within us. You have to deal with the fear that is within you. And it might not look like fear to you at first. It might look like something else, but if you will peel back the layers of it, you will find the root of fear. Fear of rejection, fear of being inconvenienced, fear of not seeing a return on your investment, fear of having your feelings hurt, fear of what someone else will think or do or say. You will find some kind of fear there that stops you from extending love, and you need to deal with that fear within you because you are called by God to love others. You are equipped by God to love others. You are empowered by God to love others. 
And so your challenge this week is to begin to deal with that fear within you. And how do you do that? Well, when God presents you with an opportunity to extend love and something about you pushes back at it, that's what you take to Jesus. And you ask him to reveal to you what's going on. And and God, why am I resistant to this? And you let him reveal to you what's happening in your heart. So here's an example uh, of that. We've mentioned more than once now, we're collecting food for the food pantry, right? So that's an opportunity to show love. And each of us has a response to this opportunity. We will either say yes and get about the business of bringing in food, or we will push back against that opportunity. And so if you find yourself pushing back, Ask God why. And maybe you're like, oh, well, I don't think food pantries are a good idea because people are just taking advantage of the system and and they're getting things for free and they don't have to work for it and that's why I'm not going to participate. Well, I can tell you that there's always more to it than just that. Take that to Jesus and ask him to show you what lies underneath that thought process. That's a a really good chance that you're going to find a fear at the root of that. Or maybe you're like, you know, I would help out, but I have limited resources, so I can't. Well, take that to Jesus and ask him to reveal to you the underlying fear. Because there's a pretty good chance that you're afraid that God can't or won't provide for you. And that's why you're pushing back. Take that to him. Ask him to help you deal with that fear and find confidence in his strength. Now, I'm just using uh, this opportunity as an example because it's right here in front of us. But whatever opportunity it is that God presents to you to extend love, if you find yourself pushing back, ask God to reveal to you the fear that you're holding on to. And as he reveals it, ask him to heal it, to help you to release it to him and to embrace his love at a new level. See, that's how we do it. That's how we learn to to be people of love and faith and strength. We live in the presence of Jesus. When things hit us in a way that we know that they shouldn't, we bring him to him. And we let him help us learn and grow from that experience. We come to him. uh, We come to know him better. We we come to to learn to be more real about what's going on inside of us. uh, Because we don't need to fear him, and so we don't need to fear to bring things to him. And so we we do that as those things come up. Because uh, we don't have to have fear because he loves us. His love's not determined by our response or our actions or our condition. He loves you, and he wants you to love others with that kind of love. So take it to Jesus. Deal with the fear that is within you. And I'll tell you, it won't always be a quick process. It might take you and Jesus a little while to work through those fears. But lean into the process and let him do the heavy lifting. You see, that's how we grow in our faith, and that is how we become people of love. And without love, it's all nothing. But with love, we can change the world. Amen? Amen? All right, let's pray. Sleepy 9 a.m. crowd. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for the opportunity that you give us to be a part of this fellowship of faith, that we have the opportunity uh, to come in, to to gather together, to come around your word, to talk about love uh, the way that you see it and not the way the world wants wants us to see it. God, I pray that you would um, just speak to each and every one of us. 
that you would help us to be people of love, that you would show us what it is uh, that we're holding on to that sometimes keeps us from being people of love. God, I pray that you would reveal those things that we fear that stop us and that you would help us uh, to stay at the foot of the cross long enough uh, to, to let you work through those things with us and work those things out of us, not that, uh, that we would run away from your presence once you reveal to us what our fear is. Don't let that fear overtake us, Lord. Help us to have the faith that we need in you. Being ever mindful of the reality of the truth of your love. You love us uh, with a love that we don't even understand, but every day you show us more and more love. God, I pray that you would help us be people of love. Help us to know you in a more real and a more powerful way, that you might be glorified in all that we say and all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I don't know what the Lord is speaking to you today through this message, but your invitation is to identify what next steps he might be calling you to take. And so maybe it's a conversation, maybe it's information, uh, maybe it's just uh, an action that he's kind of been speaking to you for a while, but you've pushed back against it. You've been resistant to it. Maybe today's the day you say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take that next step. Whatever it is that God reveals to you, we would invite you to connect with us if we can be of assistance to you of any kind as you take this next step. We'd be honored to walk with you, to pray with you, to do life with you uh, as together we grow closer uh, to Jesus.